Let's flip the script and talk to some of the Sun Devils defensive coaches as well as assistant head coach Charlie Raggle in this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys for tuning in, and a special shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day. If you have not already, hit like and subscribe, and turn on those notifications whenever and wherever you are getting your content. And you can stay in touch with that content on Twitter by following me at richiebrads 36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. All right, let's not waste any time. Yesterday, we talked to some of the offensive coaches. Today, we talked to some of the defensive coaches. As you guys can see on the right side of your screen, if you're on YouTube, we are going through defensive backs coach Brian Carrington, defensive coordinator Brian Ward, and assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Charlie Raggle. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to these guys. Very, very intelligent obviously but just really down to earth guys as well and getting to know them and getting to have these conversations with them really kind of opens your eyes to everything that's going on behind the scenes and we'll go ahead and start with defensive backs coach Brian Carrington who did give me a behind the scenes look with the defensive backs that he's coaching but also the recruiting and we'll go ahead and start there Talking about recruiting, I asked him, you know, what's the secret? Because similar to Rashad Samples, Brian Carrington has a background with Texas, and he is somebody that has been so instrumental in getting that hashtag Texas to Tempe going. So I asked him, you know, what what is it that you guys are doing to get these kids here? And he said, and quote, football from a recruiting standpoint is relation-based business. A lot of people trust us and believe in our vision that we have here. There's a lot of help that comes from third parties that are giving their endorsement for guys to play out here in Arizona. The best part about it is a lot of people haven't been to Arizona before. So when they get off the plane, they're blown away by this place. I think it's the perfect mixture of California meets Texas. This is the kind of behind the scenes stuff that I'm talking about is finding out that you have these third parties, and we didn't get too far into detail with them, but that's obviously going to be former players, former coaches, um, any kind of boosters and media members and stuff like that, that are telling them like, hey, Arizona State's a great place to play football. It's a great university that's got so many different programs that you might be looking at, whether it's nursing, engineering, marketing, business, journalism, there's all sorts of stuff that the university offers for you, but it's a good football program as well. These are the kind of endorsements that you're getting to get these kids to Arizona. So why are, why are, why are kids committing to Arizona state? Even though it's going through a transition, it's because you've got these people that are telling these kids, you would really love it here, but you also have the coaches here that are taking an interest at the very beginning. He says, relation-based business. It's all about building relationships 
with these 17, 18 year old kids and convincing them that they're going to be taken care of and placed in the best situation possible at Arizona state. So for with building those relationships, that's where a lot of this comes from. So not a big surprise, but obviously it's really cool to get that confirmation from him. Next up, I talked to him about some of the transfer defensive backs. There's a lot of kids coming in, whether it's Shamari Simmons or D Ford or Xavier Alford and so many other guys that are coming into the program. So I asked him about the transfer defense backs. Here's what he had to say. Quote, I feel like we're going into camp really healthy and creating competition. I feel like we have depth at the position and bringing in guys like D Ford, like Xavier Alford, like Shamari Simmons and guys cut from the same cloth who want to work hard and compete. Guys who are here mentally and physically tough. So bringing some of those guys to this team when we already have a lot of talent on the back end is intriguing and exciting for moving into fall camp. Something me and Coach Ward have been excited about is to evaluate the defensive backs and not pigeonholing guys and saying that you're a safety or you're a nickel. So I think we did a good job in this past cycle recruiting defensive backs that catered to our philosophy even to the 2024 cycle and beyond. It's finding guys that are defense backs, not just guys who can play corner or free safety. Having versatility from that standpoint will help us when we get in the matchups with other teams who might want to bump somebody to nickel this week, depending on the matchup or move somebody from free safety to nickel or strong safety to free safety. It's really about playing our best 11 will be the challenge. Me and coach Ward are excited to solve this in fall camp. Biggest takeaway is him saying that they don't want to pigeonhole guys as corners or nickels or free or strong safeties. They want to be able to have these guys play a multitude of roles on this defense. And that's something that you're going to see later on with Brian Ward as well, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But they want to have these defensive backs have a, have a multitude of different uses and be able to, like be used that way. So the the first person that comes to mind is Jordan Clark, who last year was playing some slot corner primarily as a nickel, but he also had some starts at free safety and having that guy like Jordan Clark, that can be that chess piece that you move around throughout the secondary is very, very important to have. And it's something that is really going to be able to help your defense when you can give multiple looks and have guys line up a certain way, but then take on a different assignment. You have, you know, Jordan Clark, looking over the top like a free safety, but then he comes down in the zone. Like there's all sorts of stuff that you can do with them. There's, there's, there's so much benefit for your defense when you're able to have guys that can play the multitude of different roles. And this is something that clearly coach Carrington and coach Ward have a massive interest in doing is having guys like Shamari Simmons that are able to do a multitude of things instead of, like they said, pigeonholing him into just a free safety role. They're going to be doing that with Chris Edmonds. They're going to be doing that with Ro Torrance. They're going to be doing that with Montana Warren and everybody else at the program, Ed Woods and and Isaiah Johnson. Like there, There's so much depth in the secondary that when you talk about what you're going to be doing with these guys, it makes a lot of sense that you want to be able to use them in a multitude of ways. And again, just to really hammer this home, not pigeonhole these guys. Next up, I asked him about expectations for leadership. So this was definitely talking a lot about the seniors, and this is what Coach Carrington had to say. He said, those guys, as in the seniors, have a lot of experience. Those guys, it means something to them to be at Arizona State, and those guys have been critical for us in establishing our culture. 
Coach Dillingham established a leadership council that a lot of players from the previous roster are on. I feel like those guys are in a really good place. So the leadership council is the next thing to take away here is knowing that Kenny Dillingham assigned responsibility to some of these players to have that pivotal leadership role, whether it's someone in the secondary like Chris Edmonds or someone in the front seven like Deshaun Mallory or Michael Matus, and then flip through the offensive side of the ball. It could be Isaiah Glass or uh, Elijah Badger, Jalen Conyers, Trenton Bourget. Like knowing that there is that, again, council that Kenny Dillingham has put together really tells you everything you need to know about establishing the program is knowing that they're going to be trusting and giving the keys to some of these guys to help create and establish that culture that they want to put together. Next, I asked him about the all-conference preseason teams because obviously Roe Torrance is one of those guys that is just so slept on in the Conference of Champions. So I asked him about that, and this is what he had to say. Hopefully, that can be a chip on some guy's shoulders. I came from a team last year at TCU that was picked ninth to finish in the Big 12 standings, and we finished number two in the country. We were Big 12 champs. I would like to send off those seniors to a bowl game, and obviously that'll be the goal that we have in mind for the team. I'm intrigued to get those guys together on Sunday and see where things go from a competition standpoint, from a depth standpoint, and I feel like a lot of these guys are more excited to be members of the team and kind of being an independent contractor out there with one year left. Obviously, guys have aspirations of getting to the next level, but a lot of guys believe a high tide will raise all ships. When I was at TCU, we finished five and seven in back-to-back years before we arrived. And there were 10 players that got drafted from that roster in 2023. What, what this tells me is we're really not worried about the accolades. We're worried about getting these guys to the highest level of competition. So having that chip on their shoulder is a really big deal. But there's two things that I really take away from here. Talking about them being independent contractors and essentially kind of putting out this mentality that these guys are you know, working for this year to be able to play again next year or play at the next level. Like they're taking it one year at a time and understanding that they need to be able to really put together complete seasons that justify them getting what they want. But then also him saying that a high tide will raise all ships. And that's having these players with high mentalities for being great, high level play to continue being great, when you're bringing in all of those together, it, it'll raise up everything that's going on. It'll make the secondary better. Roe Torrance playing good will suddenly make Shamari Simmons and Chris Edmonds playing better. Those guys playing good makes Ed Woods and Isaiah Johnson better. All those guys culminating together, bringing the best out of everybody. Next, I had to ask him about Roe Torrance, and this was the final question that I got in with him. Again, I just had to know what he thought about Roe Torrance. He said, I think Roe is a huge scheme fit for us. We'll be able to utilize his, his length and athleticism and be a vocal leader on our defense. I see Roe as being a potential captain. From a scheme standpoint, we can showcase what Roe can do. A guy who's 6'3", 200 pounds, there's a lot you can do with that guy and see what he can do once we get to Saturdays. He sees Roe as a potential captain. What does that say about a guy who's only going into his second year with the team that his coach will be endorsing him to eventually become a captain of this football team, whether it's this year or maybe down the road, but bottom line, end of the day, knowing that this is the kind of enthusiasm that Brian Carrington has when he's looking at Roe Torrance 
come on, man. It doesn't get better than that. This is exactly what you're looking for out of your out of your coaches is for them to build you up and for them to want to place you in the biggest leadership role that you could possibly be in as a team captain. Bottom line, other than that, he talked about him being a great scheme fit, and that's not anything new to us. We are all aware of how good, uh, not Chris Edmonds, uh, Roach Horns is, and we're definitely expecting big things from him this year. Naturally, it feels and comes across like Brian Carrington is as well. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They do it in such a quick, easy, and convenient way for you. All you have to do is post your job, and once you add that, use the purple hashtag hiring frame to share your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's never been more important to get that right hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions will apply. Thanks as always for tuning in guys, wherever you get your podcast, hit like subscribe and turn on those notifications. We are coming down to the wire here and we've got preseason camp right around the corner. I'm going to be at 95% of these practices and I will be reporting to you guys everything that I find out. So make sure that you hit like, and subscribe. So you stay in touch with live coverage from all the practices. Next up on the slate, we got Brian Ward. Brian Ward, it's it's not a secret if you guys are familiar with this podcast that I am just the biggest fan and biggest endorser for Brian Ward heading into this year. I think that he's going to be one of the most important coaches on this coaching staff. That's not Kenny Dillingham. He's got so many tasks and responsibilities for rebuilding a defense that was not good last year. And from the way that he talks, the experience that he has at Washington state, I feel like this is the guy to do it. So we started off nice and simple. I said, are you going to be on the field or up in the booth? He said, as of right now, he expects to be on the field for calling plays. So look to the sidelines for Brian Ward there. Had to talk to him about the transfers because obviously there's a ton of them. This is what he had to say on the transfers. He said, quote, a lot of guys are battling for positions and there's a lot of competition here for, or there's a lot of competition here now coming out of spring ball and moving into fall camp. That's what the portal is for, for us coaches. It's to find guys who can help and add depth or come in and help you right away. We feel like there was a lot of depth issues when we got here and feel like we addressed the areas and upgraded them. And we did that. He feels like they were able to identify the areas that they needed to improve upon the most and feels like they were able to successfully do that through the transfer portal. You can't ask for much more than that is knowing that with the with the depth issues that he's referring to, whether that's at linebacker or defensive line or whatever have you, 
they attacked the transfer portal and they brought in some really important guys. So he definitely was of that belief that they needed to retool and he believes that they did retool. I asked him about some potential standouts and goodness, he gave me standouts at all three levels. So here's what he had to say on potential stand standouts. We really are going to depend on guys like BJ Green and Anthony Cooper to be leaders. As far as some of the transfers that came in on the defensive line, Deshaun Mallory is a guy who spent four years at Michigan and played for them, so he knows how it's supposed to be done. Prince Dorban, Clayton Smith, we need those guys to step up. The guy who is the outspoken leader who got who guys go to for questions is Michael Matus. We've got great character and a lot of competition in that room. At linebacker, Trey Brown is going to be the leader in that room, and he's going to make the room better. I hope that older guys like Juju Mitchell are going to add to that in terms of leadership. In the back end, you have Jordan Clark, Ro Torrance. Those guys need to be leaders. And I'm expecting guys like Shamari Simmons, Xavier Alford, and Chris Edmonds. They all have their own leadership. Some are outspoken. Some are by example. We have a bunch of leaders on our defense with tons of different strengths, and we need to get them to pull it all together. To have different leaders at different levels of the defense is so important especially for a defense that's going through so much transition. But notice that he highlights a lot of the veteran guys and some of the transfers who have that experience. We're not looking at the at the youngsters. We're not looking at the guys who are transferring to the program who don't have experience. We're looking at guys who have played a lot of college football. Like I, the youngest guy on here is Clayton Smith, who's a redshirt sophomore. Other than that, I mean, we're looking at uh, juniors and seniors on this team for the most part. Uh, Deshaun Mallory on the defensive line is going to be pivotal. You're hoping that he plays that Nesta Jade Silvera role as that nose tackle, defensive tackle that's able to navigate their line and improve that run defense significantly this year. Anthony Cooper moving inside will be important. BJ Green and that versatility will be important. We'll talk about him in just one moment. He highlights Trey Brown. Shouldn't be a surprise. I'm a big Trey Brown endorser, but this is also somebody who has played under Coach Ward. So makes sense to me why he would be telling him that he's going to be an outspoken leader. He says he wants to see Juju Mitchell as somebody who steps up in that room as well. Juju has a lot of experience at Texas and Tennessee, bringing it to Arizona State. We'll see what he can do. In the secondary, he highlights Jordan Clark first. Not a surprise. He's one of the most experienced veterans on this team you have Ro Torrance he talked about the transfer Shamari Simmons Xavier Alford talked about Chris Edmonds coming back they and and the really interesting thing he's talking about the leadership he says some are outspoken some are by example so you're not necessarily going to have a lot of rah-rah guys you might have guys that just let their play do the talking but their play is what is able to bring out the best in everybody else so really interesting way to word that is the some are outspoken and some by example. I really like that. Next, I asked him about BJ Green. I said, hey, what's the plan with him? Is he going to be inside? Is he going to be outside? Here's what he had to say. He said, we can put him everywhere. He's a flexible guy. If you need him starting day one in camp, he or he's a flexible guy if you were to see him starting day one in camp. He'll be with Coach Raggle in the ends group, but at the same time, he's a guy that we can move and play inside there as well especially situational. So that 
this is essentially just kind of confirming that while he is going to get some time on the edge, he's still going to be that versatile chess piece. They, they feel like they can put him inside just as much as they can put him outside. And BJ Green got a lot of experience on the outside when he was in the spring training camp to see what they could possibly get out of him. So knowing that they're going to be able to continue to use him in a variety and versatile ways, not a surprise. I asked him about the expectations. He said there's a lot of expectations. At some point in the next couple of years, this defensive line is going to be a special group. I asked him about Trey Brown next. He said, we're doing it different than ways that we've done it in the past. We're trying to make those two linebackers interchangeable right now. To get those guys to vocalize is really going to is gonna make those guys better. Trey is one of those guys to watch. Not a surprise. He's He knows Brian Ward and what Ward's expectations are and what Ward wants to do defensively. Again, he talks about how it's going to be different than in years past. So this isn't going to be a copy-paste, cookie-cutter defense at what he had at Wazoo. He is going to be using this team in a non-uniform way and have guys do multiple things and guys that are going to be able to play different roles. That's going to happen. But again, it's really important that Trey Brown is going to be at the middle of that and one of the guys who helps everything function. On Jordan Clark, he said he's going to start in the nickel, but he's a guy that has such a high football IQ that we can move him around. What you're going to see in our secondary is a matchup-based defense. We're going to be a defense that looks at matchups and opposing teams' personnel. We're going to match our strengths to their strengths. This is what I told you guys about when we talked to Brian Carrington. This is not going to be a secondary that is labeling guys and only playing them there. This is a secondary that's going to look at guys like Jordan Clark, and they're going to know that they can move him all throughout the defense like this chess piece. And that's going to be the case for a lot of guys, not just Jordan Clark, but specifically on Jordan Clark, he said he's going to primarily be a nickel. That's going to be where Jordan Clark plays. That's where he's going to start in this 4-2-5 defense. That's going to be the plan for him. Last thing I asked him, I said, do you have any statistic goals? He said, the big thing is we're going to go out there and win football games. Our goal every year since I've been a coordinator is 30 turnovers and 40 sacks. If we can get there, we always have had really good years. This is insane. This is an absolutely insane level of production. You'd be talking about one of the best defenses the Sun Devils have ever had. I would love to get half of those. 15 turnovers and 20 sacks. I'd be thrilled in year one. But knowing that the expectations are that high and that's the level he wants his guys to get at, he he has those high expectations and he knows that he can get the most out of these guys. He wouldn't set those expectations if he was playing with guys that he doesn't believe can get him there. Will they? Probably not because, again, those are that's like Alabama-Georgia levels of dominance on defense. But it's still good to have those lofty goals and expectations and try to get those out of your players. It's good to have that kind of that kind of want and desire to get to that kind of point. So really respect and really believe that that's a great way to go about it when you're talking about statistics and overall expectations. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on those notifications because starting next week with training camp underway for the Sun Devils, we're going to be getting live coverage from me. I'm going to let you guys know pretty much every day 
what's going on at camp, what you need to know, what you need to find out, and how to stay in the loop. So hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you're getting your podcasts. Last but certainly not least is special teams coordinator and assistant head coach Charlie Raggle. This was a great, great in-depth conversation. And this alone could take like 15 minutes for me to break down. So while I do want to take my time, I'm also aware that this is a longer episode and I don't want to get to that 40-minute mark. So we're going to go ahead and pile through. The first thing I asked him was on Kenny Dillingham's progression. Talking about Kenny's first year, how's he doing? Charlie Raggle says, I've been very pleased with what we've done here and what he's done as a staff. The honeymoon is about over and it's about to get real here. People are going to want you to win games and nobody knows that better than he does, but it's been fun to watch him work and he's done exactly what I thought he would do. He goes on to say, everybody has to find their way. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much experience you have. Every season brings different challenges and triumphs. I tell my own kids, the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. If you're not learning something new or getting better every day, you're setting yourself up for failure down the road. His eagerness and love for this place and a true appreciation for the job he has allows him to attack every day. Yeah, there's going to be bumps, but it'll work for us as a staff. You got a lot of experienced guys who have been head coaches. And the thing that I tell guys the most about Coach Dillingham is he's not afraid and he's not scared to lean on people and ask for advice. When he doesn't know something, he's not afraid to ask or say, I don't know. That's a very powerful trait because it's hard to do. A lot of times when you get in a real situation of power, people don't want to show the vulnerability. He's just him. He's real. He's genuine. He's an authentic person. What more could you ask for at a Kenny Dillingham? Just to know that the guy who exudes confidence at every press conference, he doesn't seem timid. He doesn't seem shy for somebody that's as young as him. He's not that much older than me. But yet, he just, the way he carries himself, this is the guy that you want leading your program. This is the guy that you want to rebuild the face of Arizona State Sun Devils football. A guy who is in the Valley and a guy who has built his roots and his reputation in the state of Arizona. And the thing that I really like is the quote, the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. That's telling me that Coach Raggle takes a look at this and he says, you know, you got to continue to get better every single day. It's not just figuring it out and being done and, you know, at the best you can possibly be. You should always be trying to learn and get better. And that's what, that's what coach Dillingham is trying to do. He's trying to get better every day. He's trying to improve upon himself because he is a first time coach and he is a really young coach. He's the youngest coach in football right now. And Knowing that he still is so interested in getting better and and refining his craft, that's what you want to see. And it goes right into the recruiting that we're going to talk about here. I asked him, what's going on with that in-state recruiting? How are you guys getting these kids to stay in-state, to come back home? What's going on there? He said, when you believe in something so genuinely and so purely like a lot of us do, and a lot of guys who have a lot of history here in the Valley, it shows. It's real. There's a bunch of guys in this staff that want to be here and be here for a long time. You truly have that approach, and people feel that. People want to be a part of that. Everybody in college football is looking for different things. But one thing is looking for certainty. 
when you know these kids want to be here, it puts parents and kids at ease. It has certainly given us a decisive advantage. He has talked about this before, Kenny Dillingham. Building your reputation in your hometown and your home state and becoming local heroes. This is one of the things that they're talking about building is having these kids want to invest in the places they grew up and stay home in the places they grew up. But what what are they doing to get that? Coach Raggle says that it's because they believe so genuinely and so purely in their devotion to rebuilding and activating the Valley here at Arizona State. They believe that so much that these kids gravitate to it. These kids look at it and they go, he's not BSing me. He's all about what he's saying. And I want to be about that too. So, the, and, and he mentions it's the coaching staff too. It's guys who have been head coaches. It's guys who have coached in the state of Arizona. It's guys who want to build their roots and stay at Arizona State for a long time. These are the guys you want building your program. They clearly have that going on. And this is exactly the reason why Charlie Raggle is saying that the in-state recruiting is working so well. I asked how the progress turning things over to the special teams. I asked how the progress of the new unit is coming along because it is a brand new unit. There's not guys that are coming back from last year. He said, you look at those three guys, the snapper, the punter, the kicker. They're all six year seniors. There's a lot of football played between those three guys. I'm confident that although it wasn't played here as a Sun Devil, they've played big time football and there's no replica for that. There's no replacement for live reps and big time moments in college football games. I expect those three guys to go out and perform at a high level. I believe we have some skill guys that can run and help us in our return game and our coverage unit. I'm really optimistic about what we can do on a special teams unit this season. It is a brand new unit. uh, Slater Zellers as your long snapper. Dario Longhetto as your kicker and Josh Carlson as your punter. All brand new guys, but Coach Raggle says you you can't replace experience and those guys have a lot of experience. So clearly, even with a new unit, he's got high expectations for these guys. I asked him about Longhutta particularly, and he said, I coached him at Cal. I recruited him there and worked with him for a long time. His maturity, his growth, how he's approached the game this spring and summer about being physically and mentally his best for his final college campaign. He's handled it like a professional, and I expect him to have an elite year. (coughs) Excuse me. You want that kind of consistency at the quarterback spot. And Longhetto's got a nice leg. It's been inconsistent at times, but if he's dialed in and is going to give his best season, I think you hope for like a Carter Brown kind of year, a guy who's kicking in the 80% on field goals and makes most of his PATs. I think you would take that, especially for a guy who's transferring in. I understand that he's a six-year senior, but still probably shouldn't expect him to be Zane Gonzalez. Asked him about the return game. He said, we don't have a guy just yet. We met on it, and there's a handful of guys in the kick return and punt return room that we think have a chance to be really good players. Who that ends up being, ultimately, in three weeks, we'll find out. There's enough talent here for us to feel really optimistic about what we can do in the return game. I asked him if there's going to be a kind of like a committee approach to it. He said no. He said they want to settle on one punt returner and one kick returner. It's not going to be a committee like it was last year where you had DJ Taylor 
and you had Daniel Nagata and you had Javen Jacobs and so many other moving pieces. But Coach Raggle wants a guy. They don't want to feel like they have to substitute these guys out and like they can't be reliable. That's what they want here. That's the vision. I'm here for it. Last thing I got to ask, Jordan Tyson. Arizona State Sunnival fans know how good of a punt returner he is. He had an over 80-yard punt return touchdown against us last year for Colorado. He's coming to Arizona State. I asked him if we're going to see him out there, and he said, quote, it's a process of wait and see. Time will tell. It's one of those things that we'll have to wait and see. If he is, he is. If he's not, we'll be able to adapt and adjust. One of the things that was mentioned to me during media day was that Jordan Tyson is running around on the football field and he is getting ready to be able to participate. If he is ready to go for the start of the season, I don't see any reason why he's not going to be one of your primary return guys. I really do think that he's going to end up having a much, much, much bigger role in the team entirely this year than maybe people anticipate. I've hyped him up. I'm going to continue to hype him up when we eventually talk about my guys for the season. Jordan Tyson is absolutely going to be in there. And if he's not, I want you guys to make fun of me for sure. Make fun of me. But he's definitely one of my guys. And I really hope that we get a chance to see him on special teams. But that's the conversations that I had over the last two days. We've gotten a chance to talk to some offensive coaches, some defensive coaches, all three coordinators, as well as the assistant head coach. Everyone gives glowing reviews. Everyone has high expectations for this program, and they exude that confidence that makes me believe and want to buy into this program. I, I've said four wins for most of the year. I may have to reevaluate that. The way that these guys are so confident in what they have and the way that these players talk too, I don't know, man. I might have to reevaluate those four wins. With Vegas at five and a half, I don't know. We're going to have to take another closer look, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. That's all the time that we got here on today's episode. Thank you guys for sticking around for a little bit of a longer episode. I appreciate you guys. And if you haven't already, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications wherever you're getting your podcast. Again, I want to thank you guys for getting us to 500 subscribers on YouTube. I am so, 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 so blessed and appreciative of every single one of you. And to my everydayers, a special shout out to you guys for tuning in every day. You can stay in touch with all the content that I'm putting out at RichieBrats36 and the podcast at LO underscore on Twitter. But that's all I got. Like I said, make sure that you guys are tuned in and subscribed because you won't want to miss me giving you guys practice coverage practically every single day unless there's breaking news that I need to go over for you guys. I'm going to be recapping practices. I'm going to give you guys the biggest standouts of the week. I'm going to be giving you guys the biggest plays of the week. I'm going to be keeping you guys in the loop as much as I am able to and allowed to, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I look forward to going through you guys with practice next week. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked On 